0: Come a little bit closer ah who? where I Possibly I've yeah. seen too much Straight up now, tell me Destination now yeah. It's witchcraft I will choose
1: You see things, and you say, why? But I dream things that never were, and I say, why not? Ah. It's on the bottom of my cap.
2: Now I want to know what's on my cap. By
1: G.B. Shaw. That is a quote from G.B. Shaw. I don't know who G.B. Shaw was.
2: I'm like, this print is too little. I can't read this. I got the same thing.
1: All right. Well, there you have it.
2: Was it Snapple bottles that did them? They had something at the bottom. Snapple. Yes, was it Snapple that was did it? that?
3: I think it was. Was this Snapple? Oh, you weren't going to introduce me? I'll just talk.
2: Well, we'll introduce
3: <laughs> oh, we'll you, introduce we're you. just talking. <laughs> okay, yeah. Snapple, I haven't thought of that in a long time.
1: French, is that stuff still around? Uh,
3: like, well, yeah. Like iced tea, Snapple iced tea. But there used to be okay. the soda.
1: Like Snapple had a soda?
3: Yeah. And a matter of fact, we can just get right into it, because I used to get... French, uh, French Cherry Snapple Soda, a tin of cheese balls, and I used to watch the Headbangers Ball. Oh, yeah. That was my Saturday That's great. <laughs> that was, with that was no sweet. life.
1: Sometimes yes. I had to switch between that and glow. Yeah. Gorgeous yeah. ladies of wrestling. <laughs> Snapple definitely used my soda. <clears Awesome. throat> Very cool. Tremendous. Yeah, I, I mean... Um, Oh, yeah, by the way, everybody, Sean Gorman. Sean Gorman. He's been hey, on this show hey. before. Yes. Yeah. Returning guest. Yes. was this, the third, fourth time? Fourth, maybe. Four. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Whatever. It's good. Well, you're always it's welcome good. here. And when yeah, we say that, we mean it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take you up on it because, you know, live free or die. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so actually what before we get into talking about it, you've got your own podcast now.
3: I do, yeah. The post empire podcast. Um it's a lot more work than I thought it was gonna be, especially because <laughs> I'm a perfectionist and you know, I wanted it to be produced and I wanted to do the monologue and everything like that. It's hard to get people on. Nobody wants to come on podcasts, which was surprising to me.
1: Really? Yeah. You have a hard time getting guests. Yeah. Wow. You know, that um, is surprising. Actually. Yeah.
3: Julian said the same thing about his podcast, you know. The, uh, really? Yeah. Truth, Justice, and the New England Wrestling Podcast, which was definitely the best wrestling podcast for New England out there.
1: Uh, yeah. Julian's. Yeah, because yeah. they, they definitely.
2: We were on there, yes. actually. We were yeah. guests on their show, and yeah. they were guests on ours. Yeah. We did like a little swap.
3: You know, because he wasn't afraid to ask like tough questions.
1: Yeah, he'd ask like the stuff that
3: people want to know. Exactly, right. Not
1: not like just like, here's a softball question. Yeah. Hey, talk about your favorite match. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, no. but he
3: said the same thing. He was like, it was, it, it was impossible to get people to come on.
1: And I bet you for for his show probably because of that of that reason yeah nobody wants to actually answer honest questions right and, and yeah tough questions exactly yeah it's too bad
2: I felt like when we went on it was like we don't care we'll say whatever we'll be honest and, and well then, we're like, out of the business yeah also. but then it was like yeah. we had nothing <laughs>
1: I, I I well yeah for me I never really had any issues with anybody yeah. so I wasn't gonna bury anybody because why yeah yeah so I didn't have any personal issues with anybody so it didn't really matter to me.
3: But yeah, they, anyway. you know, I think they wanted me to bury people. I'm like, you know, if you had asked me like 15 years ago, I would have. Yeah. But at this point in my life, I just they're losers. I don't care.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't
2: matter sure. at this point. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Fair
1: the enough. bitterness yeah. has left the building. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you you were talking about the headbangers ball before. And and re- really the reason we, we asked you to come on the show is because we're going to talk about Metallica. I'm,
3: all, I'm, I'm, You know, I'm always for oh, that. Oh, fuck
1: yeah. Absolutely. And, and you
2: were actually on another podcast that is all about Metallica yep, as a guest. I'll give
3: them a shout out because yeah, they do this over, They please. do a phenomenal job with yeah, that podcast. Yeah, they do. That podcast is really good. Yeah, it's called Metal Up Your Podcast, which is awesome. Awesome. Yes. Um, it's two... Uh, musicians, professional touring musicians, um, Clint and Ethan, and they're country musicians, but they freaking love Metallica. But they make their living actually as musicians, which is not easy i'm sure in 2021 but oh, no. they're based out of nashville and you know they really love metallica obviously clint is really into horror movies and ethan is really into pro wrestling so awesome and so i actually went down they had a they had a, a podcast party they have a yearly podcast party and uh, my girlfriend and i went down to nashville and you know obviously we did the sites and everything we met them they were totally cool and yeah. it was like i like have known in my whole life you know because they're just <laughs> all into the same shit you know That's awesome so uh yeah um So, yeah, I've, I get, you know, actually listening to that podcast made me realize I thought I was a diehard Metallica fan, but I met those guys and I met other people who listened to that podcast and I realized I'm a fucking total poser. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, because I was meeting people, they got like rooms dedicated to Metallica. Oh, wow. Yeah. They have the black ticket. You know about that? No.
1: So i don't I guess know i i'm a poser too yeah yeah no
3: that's... yeah we totally are we shouldn't even be doing this podcast but uh, <laughs> no but um the black ticket i don't know when they introduced it maybe in the early 2000s but it was like ten thousand dollars or something like that but the thing is it gives you the best seats to any Metallica show you want to go to anywhere in the world for
1: the rest of your life
2: does it also pay wow. for the airfare
1: no oh that's a i mean that's not a bad deal yeah yeah, yeah, if, yeah right if you're gonna- Go to all if the shows. If you have Trump change
2: laying around, <laughs> yeah, and, wow. Yeah. Well,
3: some some people follow them like the dead. Metallica, wow. you know, they're, they're at that point now.
0: That's you know where awesome. people just
3: go to every single show. Jim wow. Brewer talked about it because um, he opened for them. Yeah, on the last tour, and he got to meet like all these black ticket holders, and wow. Yeah, he talked about it on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh shit. Yeah.
1: Yes, I, yeah, this is the first time I heard of the tickets. Yeah, right. Ticket. That's yeah, crazy. right. Yeah. <laughs> Holy <laughs> like, shit.
3: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, but he was saying, he's just like, you know, it's the nicest group of people. And I actually said this on my appearance on Metal Up Your Podcast. It's just like, when you go to a concert, like the two nicest, you know, crowds you can ever go to is Dave Matthews Band and Metallica. Everyone's just super chill. Like, you want some beer? Is there any barbecue sauce? Yeah, right here. Hey, you want to drink some whiskey? You got weed? Like, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah. it's just a, very communal chill vibe you know i've
1: never been a dave matthews band yeah. i wouldn't mind seeing them live because I, I like them uh, actually i was listening to your podcast earlier today and yep. i came out i paused it and i came out and i told monique i said i feel the exact same way that sean does <laughs> about the dave matthews band and it was Aunt, uh, not ants marching sorry it was uh, don't drink, don't drink the, water. the water i heard that song and went this is fucking awesome <laughs> yeah holy shit yep. if you look on my phone i have like 30 different versions of that live, you know, from them live, yeah. and I love that fucking song, yeah. and that's what kind of made me kind of open up a little bit more, and then Steve would always play them, so I was like, oh, really? All right, yeah, so yeah, then I started yeah. kind of getting into them a little, not crazy into them, but I, I didn't mind listening when, yeah. after I heard that song, I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome, yeah. and that was the song that made me turn the corner, but at, before that, it was exactly what you said, it was co Fuck naked you. shirt. Yeah. Fuck you, Dave Matthews. That was right. my last two years of high school. Yeah. Couldn't fucking stand it. Right. That was the soundtrack like yes. you were saying in your in your show. Guys playing if happy you're if
3: song. you're our oh age, God. we're the same age. Yeah. Yep. If you went to high school in the mid nineties, you were listening to Dave Matthews everywhere you went.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Fucking hate Dave Matthews Band. I know.
3: I tried to play you one of their songs. I'm like, I think you might like no, this one. You're like, fuck it. I'm like, okay. I don't like
2: them.
1: <laughs> yeah, she. And it's still... not
2: beca- like I try to be open minded, but I listen to it and I'm just like, ugh, I don't like it.
1: Sorry. It's okay. I'm like it, just but...
2: being honest. Not gonna pretend to like something I don't just yeah to fit into That's conversation. Fair. It was
3: That's really fair. seeing them live. You get, and you hear that a lot, like, with Dave Matthews. Like, yeah. uh, actually, and same with Metallica, the parallels to... Like, mm-hmm. you may be, like, kind of on the fence about them or even not like them, but you see them live, you're like, fuck. Yeah.
1: Actually, <laughs> oh, shit, I, so, yeah. I was kind of
2: like that about Godsmack, because oh, I Oh, really, God. <laughs> well, no, 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 I didn't... I, listen, Jeez. I didn't fucking care about them, like, whatever, but I saw them live, and I'm like, oh, shit, they're not that bad. I didn't care to listen to them again afterwards, but while at the concert... I thought they were enjoyable. They're not
3: bad. Um, you know, can I ask you a quick question, yeah. you specifically about oh, Godsmack? Okay, because I know that you were really into local music, like yeah. in the in the nineties. Because
2: Sully's from Lowell, right? Or now, or here's something.
3: the thing: Do you ever remember them playing a local venue before they got no. big? Me neither. I don't. I think it's a work. I don't think they're really from
1: Boston. <laughs> they. I don't know if the, uh, their bass player. Uh, when I used to at my other job, I actually was in this the bass player's house. Oh, yeah. And I had to do some, I like, help him out with his internet or something like that. And he had like, you know, all this God smack, like his gold records or whatever all over the wall. Yeah. I'm like, who the fuck is this Alex guy? is like, hey, like, you really like, like that
2: band. Huh? Like, like,
1: like, I didn't know who he was. I didn't, I didn't yeah. have a fucking clue. I, I, I heard a Sully, but he could walk into the room and I wouldn't know who he is. Yeah. But it, so, uh, yeah, I got to, you know, shooting the shit with him. And another guy that I was with knew who he was. He's like, you know who that is? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Who was it? And yeah. He told me, I'm like, oh. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like And I give a fuck why I don't I don't care. Like I don't like Godsmack, so whatever. The guy was nice enough. The guy was cool, but but yes, I think they are from here only because I had that interaction and was in this guy's house. Yeah, that's what I So I've heard. I don't know.
3: But I don't know anyone who was seeing local music at that time, and I know people who were like way more into local Boston scene than I was, and they all say the same thing. I I don't remember ever seeing them play. I never what, heard of them. What year? Uh, until what they year were on the were they radio.
2: Local music, because if it was, it
3: would have been like in the late nineties, like 97, 98.
2: Oh yeah, I was going to shows. I right. Never so was heard I. Them. Me neither. I mean, I started. And then going all of a sudden, they just like blew
1: up huge. Interesting. Ninety
2: three,
1: ninety four. Yeah. I wonder if they were maybe like one of yeah. those like bands that a studio kind of just put together and said, "Here, tour." Like you kids
2: on the block. I, don't
1: know.
3: I just bought tickets for them yesterday. Good for you, that's awesome. <laughs> well, you know who's opening is En Vogue.
2: Oh, who I'm
3: the most excited to see I, them. En Vogue's awesome. They, oh, they were awesome. They were awesome. Back yeah, in the day. I really yes, like they En Vogue. Free your mind, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Salt and Pepper is opening. <gasps> yeah, tremendous. Oh my
2: God, I know all the words to "Shoot" <laughs> and many other Salt <laughs> and Pepper songs.
3: And Rick Astley, I don't care about that. Never gonna give you. Yeah, that, up. yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but I'm. Fuck it. I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to New Kids. I don't give a shit. I don't Whatever. give a
2: shit about New Kids, but everyone else. Is like, I want to go to this. Uh, yeah,
3: show. I'm, I'm more excited for the undercard, honestly. I'll
1: fucking leave before New Kids get on.
2: Yeah.
1: En Vogue.
2: That's yeah, great. Just to see, like, En Vogue and Salt and papa
1: Yeah. Mm. People listen to us and we're like, what's wrong with these people? The fucking we're talking 90s. about Metallica oh.
2: today, too.
1: Yeah. And so
2: good music is good music. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing. Like, now what? Is good music What's new good music that come, That's come out can, can you think of anything I don't That's like on the, the level Of music Like how music was When we were See I think we're like The first generation Yeah That can say Our music was better Than what's out now You know how like Every generation has Oh Yeah I think we can honestly Say that because What's out now That's better than What we had Nothing but I will say
3: I think our the previous generation I think their music Was actually better than ours I think it's gotten Progressive I mean, dude, the seventies, Zeppelin, Aerosmith, The Stones, Fleetwood Mac, Elton John. I mean, those. I mean, that's the, the, uh, those songs right. still hold up.
2: No, they do. But I okay. mean, I even think about yeah. music right. from like the fifties and sixties, and so much soul, in a lot of what was sung oh, yeah. and played.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Because you mentioned the fifties, and uh, it's almost like we've gone backwards. Because in the fifties, it was just about the single. Nobody cared about albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it was like the Ronette's you know, be my baby and all that. Yeah. So it was just the single. Right. Now we've gone back, nobody cares about albums anymore. It's all about the singles again. It, yeah, you're so right. So it's it was, almost come yeah. full circle. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. The, the 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 concept of an album from the sixties until really the early two thousands is like dead. You know, because it was a big deal. You got that whole album. You looked at the artwork, you read the lyrics, yeah. you know, yeah. you got really invested in it and that's
1: gone now. You know, kids yeah. don't have that. Yeah, which is, I think is really sad. It it really does suck uh, yeah. for for kids. I mean, I mean, I remember one of my favorite things when you'd get a new CD or a cassette was opening up that insert yeah. and looking at the lyrics. Yeah. And you know, because I don't when I would when I would hear a song for the first time, and I, if I liked it, and obviously you know you'd listen to it a million times. Yeah. When I first started listening to music, it was cassette tapes, right? Which were the worst, absolute worst, <laughs> having to rewind this, you know, whatever. And and trying to figure out What the singer was saying A lot of times Like, like listening to Motley Crue for example yeah. Trying to figure out What Vince Neil was saying Half yeah. the time was like Because we didn't have The internet what, what, to tell what us the, What's he saying What's yeah. he saying So I couldn't wait To get open up the cassette and, and look at the lyrics and look at the pictures and look at the, yeah. thank you to the, these people and these people and this, all that shit that was in there. And now it's like, yeah, you're right. Your
3: relationship to music, I think is very different when you don't have a tangible physical relationship to it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I understand. I look, listen, I subscribe to Amazon music. I love it. You know, cause actually I listen to it in my living room and they scroll the lyrics on the TV. Oh no. Shit. So it's almost like the old days, you know what uh, I mean? And okay. I really enjoy that. Uh, and I have every song ever. Um, but, you know, when it's a physical 10 and you had to pay for it, yeah. you're invested in it, you know? Yeah. Even if you thought, you first listened to the album, like, well, it's okay, well, goddammit, I'm just gonna keep listening to this because I freaking paid for it, Yeah, you know? Yeah. But actually, speaking of, Headfield told this really, like, heartwarming story. He has a daughter, and I don't know how old she was, maybe six or seven or whatever, and he's just like, okay, this is a final record. And she's like, okay. And he was in the other room, and he's listening. He can hear her playing the record, and the music stops, and, like, a few minutes goes by, and the music starts again. And she comes running in. And she goes, Dad, guess what? He's like, what? And she goes, there's music on the other side. Like, she figured out, like, she didn't even know that there was music on the B side of the... That's awesome. <laughs> That's so
1: cool. That's
3: awesome. <laughs> you know? And he said, he's like, my kids are, like, really into vinyl, you know? And it's not because I forced it on them. They just, like this is cool. Like you have to take the needle and you know, you have to think, you know, you sit and think about the music, you know, it's not just background music when you're doing the laundry or whatever, which Mm -hmm. I think a lot of young people, that's what music is to them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think a lot of everything, even podcasts is just background for a lot of people as they're doing something else.
1: That's what it is for me. Yeah. I'm I'm always doing something, but I got a podcast on. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's just, I don't know. I don't know what, what that, what that says about people. Or, or or because we multitask so or, or,
2: much, we can't just yeah. say, "I'm going to sit and listen to a record tonight and just enjoy it." It's like I have to do X, Y, and Z, and while I do it, I'll listen to this. It, it's no longer about just being able to take the time and just enjoy it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, My girlfriend Morgan thinks I'm. She's younger than I am, and she she told her friends too. She goes, "Did you know Sean just sits in his living room and listens to music?" And they're like. what's he doing no he just sits on the couch and just listens to music and like thinks about it and they're like that's so weird and i'm like that's how is that weird (laughs) because they never did that they never had to do they never did that or you not had to but like i like to like i think about that i'm a big lyrics guy obviously like i like metallica by the way has some of the best lyrics ever yes and i like to sit and you know think about the lyrics and like you know like like, uh, the song Sweet Emotion, for example, I don't know if you've ever noticed this. I always thought it was ice in a glass, but, you know, the beginning, that tantric, like, doom, 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 da, doom, yeah. doom, you know. Well, you hear this, like, something break, mm-hmm. you know? Well, it's, it's not maracas, but it's something like that, and Steven Tyler talked about, like, when they were recording it, the fucking, the instrument broke, it, but they just left it in the recording, you know? And it's, see, shit like that. Like, Led Zeppelin, you can hear the squeak of the of the drum pedal, yeah, you know what I mean, like shit like that. You know what I mean? That's like, it make. It, I hate to say this, but it makes it fucking real, man. <laughs>
2: like, well, I think it makes it <laughs> unique.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. They li- They like leave the mistakes in. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Speaking of listening, like actually, like listening to music and listening to the lyrics. So the other weekend, I was driving to my parents, and I put in Metallica, the Black Album. And our kids are in the back seat. And they're freaking rocking out, headbanging to it, enjoying it. It was awesome. But I'm listening. I'm listening to the songs. I'm listening to, like, wherever I may roam. And I'm like... So good. Oh, my God. So it's like, and the earth becomes my throne. I'm like, fuck. So good. That's, like, the emperor (laughs) and the empress card in tarot. And I'm just, like, going all these places with it. And, like, through the never and all these songs. And I'm like... I need to make a hypnosis induction inspired by Metallica. And so I was like, yeah, I came home that night and I started like writing, just thinking about Metallica and the lyrics and listening to it. I start writing what was supposed to be an induction. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is not an induction, but it actually turned out to be something totally different and cool. It's like a script to basically like help people who have a lot going on, help them get to where they need to be. But like with what I'm saying, if you listen really carefully, you'll pick up the Metallica influences in it. And I even questioned talking about it during this episode because I'm like, uh, am I going to scare clients away being like, (laughs) oh, you're, you're a very serious hypnotherapist inspired by Metallica. But it's like the Metallica fans might be like fuck yeah.
3: Let's do some fucking meditation.
2: <laughs> do you like to meditate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give me
0: a hell yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, can you believe it, 30 years the blackout? Op- Cuz to me that's like a newer album.
1: Still. That's insane to me. The, did, the- when did you start listening? Was it I started listening or- to them in Justice. Me too. Me too. I um I had heard of them. And I remember seeing uh, this kid's named Jason Sweet, had a Metallica a jean jacket with a My cousin? huge Metallica patch on the back. I have a good story about <laughs> that. Yes. And I was in sixth grade, and I remember seeing it and being like, what's that? Yeah. Like, what is that? And um, he used to wear like Metallica t shirts, and I always thought, Cause I saw like the metal up your ass and and I'm like, (laughs) what is this? And like, there'd there'd be like skulls and you know, whatever other t-shirts I'm like, oh, they must be one of those satanic bands. I probably can't listen to them. And then I saw one, I saw the music video for one. Our trajectory is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And I went, what? (laughs) Who are these guys? What is this? This is awesome. And And then I got the CD. Yes.
2: One, the video.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that was it, like Injustice, and then I picked up obviously Master Puppets, Kill 'Em All, Rod and Lightning, and I was hooked. So yeah, was, yeah think, me too. Holy shit, these guys are these guys are awesome. They they were amazing. Was, How did what, take me so long to find These guys.
2: I think when Injustice for All came out, was it eighty seven or eighty eight? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Okay, so I was like eight.
1: Eighty. Was it eighty nine? It or was eighty eight. Eighty eight. Okay. So sorry. I was like
2: yeah. eight, seven, eight years old. Um, yeah, I remember I saw the one video, and like my brother, he was into Metallica, and. uh I'm watching this video and I'm like,
0: "Fuck,
3: yeah, I like this." Well, like, it stood out from everything else on MTV yeah. at that time, yeah, big time.
2: Oh yeah. yeah, but there was something about Still the their way best video. it made me feel listening yeah. Yeah. to it. Like, I, I live in my heart center, and as a child, like listening to that music just in my heart center, like it felt like I felt it, and I was just like,
3: "Because the end is like a heartbeat, like." <laughs>
2: But no, it it was something, it was like listening to the lyrics and the music and just the way it was composed and put together. Um, and then watching the video too from Johnny got his gun and you know, just, it was, I was like, yes, I like this band. I I would like more, please.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. you know, to this day, and for if there's any like younger listeners right now, like it's hard it, it, to this day. Like when I hear Enter Sandman, like at a Patriots game between plays, it's still weird to me because it was such outsider music. Yeah, like back in the day, like it, you know, the, the people who listened to Metallica, like in my school, there weren't many of them. It was like eight guys, no girls. It was like eight guys, and they were like really good at wood shop, and they like huffed WD 40 in the woods. Like, there's just <laughs> <laughs> those were the people who listened to Metallica. Like, that and it was did not make you cool, you know. And it, like you said, the, the, there was these the, the bad kids, they were like, I was in sixth grade, they were in eighth. And I was walking um, out of school one day, and the kid had a black and white stonewashed jean jacket with the green Metallica logo on the back, and they were behind me. And all of a sudden, I hear a hey, faggot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, Jeez. here we go, yeah. and all of a sudden these loogies start come, flying over my fucking head, and the, the, those are the Metallica fans, you know. They were like fucking, with, and they were like clearly the bad kids, you know. Yeah, and then yeah, uh, it was on um, t- uh, Dial MTV with Adam yes. Curry,
1: yes, that's the guy right. with the
3: puffy hair, because that's yep. how it got huge. Because people were just like, I want to see that again, yep. and you know, it was just like coming up, Cherry Pie from Warrant. Yep. You know, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, lay your hands on me, Bon Jovi, and one by, and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck? Yeah, what is this? It was different, yep.
2: and I feel like listening to like bands like Metallica, and Megadeth. It's like they're so fucking punk rock. When you think about what was going on at that time, aside oh. from punk rock itself, yeah. but oh. but I don't know. I'm just like, dude, they're punk as fuck.
3: No, oh, I and maybe we can get into this now. Get into it. This whole sellout thing. I could make an argument. Not only are they not sellouts, they're the complete opposite of sellouts. Because here's the thing. You ask people, when did Metallica sell out. They're going to either say the Black Album or Load, right? Yeah. But they were called sellouts since Ride the Lightning. Why? Because of Fade to Black. Really? Because in the thrash Bay Area scene, you didn't do ballads. That was a big no-no. So as soon as they, were, Cliff Burton talks about it in, in an interview, just like we've been called sellouts since almost day one, you know, and the black album came about because, uh, justice was so technically complicated. They were fucking up the songs live. And when they do the interviews, they're like, Oh, you know, you made it friendly for radio. Just like, no, we did that for ourselves. Cause we're like, guys, we got, we can't, we're not going to make 20 minute songs. Yeah. We got to go the other way. We're going to make shorter songs, and keep it tight, you know? Load. I'll go on record right now. I fucking love Load. I love Lode. And the Lode. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fucking one of my favorite songs. Dude, there's not a... bet. Like, I think those are two of their best albums. Yeah. And speaking of being punk, you know, you opened it up. They cut their hair. They're wearing makeup, you know, because Lars kind of took the reins. I kind of love that they did that. I love that they pissed off the metalheads. Oh,
1: yeah. They pissed off everybody. Yeah, I loved it. I, but I, I saw them live, like, three times during that tour. Me too, yeah. Because it was fucking... Aw- they were, I'm like... <laughs> It's yeah. fucking Metallica. They're yeah. still kick-ass. Yeah, like, right, the yeah. yeah.
2: So how many times have you guys seen Metallica live?
1: I I can't count. I don't Probably 10 count. to 12. I haven't seen them 10 times. Less than 10, but more than- I would say I've seen them like seven or eight times. Yeah. I've also
3: traveled, because I went to Woodstock 99. It's the only band I have ever would ever travel for. I, uh, I guess the Reverend Horton Heat, I traveled to see them too. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I went to the- Woodstock 99, went to the Big Four- at and you Yankee talk Stadium. about that
2: on your podcast. It's a really good <laughs> yeah. episode, so check it out. Oh, we're going to
1: talk about that. What, the in a few Woodstock minutes. one? Yeah. Woodstock 99. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get there. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that.
2: Proceed.
3: <laughs> but um, yeah, the big four at Yankee Stadium was really good Anthrax, Megadeth, and
1: Slayer. Oh, that must have been awesome. <laughs> that must have been sick. <laughs> yes, it was. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. When was the first time you saw them? Do you yeah. remember? Guns N' Roses and Metallica. You were at that show. Y- yes, Did you uh, see Faith No More? Yes.
3: I, I wasn't a huge fan at the time. Oh man! And uh, Fraser was way more into them. And I asked him. I think on our podcast, he was like, "Yeah, they were great." I'm like, "Okay, I don't."
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I couldn't go to that. No, I. My friend uh, asked me. I said, "Yeah, I'd love to go." He told me what, I, what were tickets like a hundred bucks? No, seventy five bucks, something like that.
3: I, Can, you know, I, I wish I had looked before. I, if you, if I had known you were going to ask me, I would have looked at my <laughs> uh, scrapbook. Um, no, I. I mean. I think they were like 50, honestly. Were they 50? Well, I mean, I I was not on the field. I had good seats, though. I mean, I was pretty near the stage up in the stands. They were like 50, you know. But again, back then, for a kid? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I I was a kid. I
1: didn't have a job. So it was like, uh, I don't think I'll be able to get the money to go. So I didn't go. My friend went, and he said it was awesome. But (laughs) I I didn't get to go to that show. Yeah. Uh, The first time I saw, I didn't see them. But I was outside of Arms Park in Manchester during the Anne Justice Tour when they came to town. Oh, wow. and, and I listened, yeah, but I didn't see, but I listened to them, and I was like, "Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're on the outside, so you're not hearing it as well as being yeah. right there with the speakers you know aimed at you and everything. But it sounded fucking awesome. And The crowd was insane, yeah like you could just hear them, yeah. like how crazy they were going. Yeah. so um, but the first time I saw them live live was during the load tour. Oh, okay. I didn't even see him during the Black Tour. Yeah. I, I didn't see him until they, they were out touring for Load. loads. So. Uh,
3: the Guns N' Roses Metallica show was September 11th, 1993. A day in American history that date meant nothing. <laughs> 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 but, you know, I benefited because my parents are totally, they didn't read newspapers, they didn't watch the news, because they didn't know that there had already been two fucking riots on that tour oh, wow. by the time it got here because there was one in Montreal where Axel in- had a
1: tantrum what was that about? Cause I know, cause Headfield, obviously that's when the, he got caught he got in the pyro. Blown up. Yeah. And so they had to, Metallica had to cut their set short. Right. So they were just like
3: figuring like, well, cool. You know, guns and roses guys do us a favor. Just go play three, four hours, you know? Yeah. Night's yours. And friggin' Axel, like the monitors weren't working or some shit. And he was just like, fuck this. I'm leaving.
1: Yeah. Was it like two songs in or <laughs> yeah. something ridiculous? Yeah,
0: fuck.
3: And then there was the Crazy. other one. The other riot happened in St. Louis because someone was taking pictures of him during Rocket That's Queen and he right. jumped out into the crowd. So there were already That's two right. riots on that tour. My parents, did not, they would not have let me go. And there was almost one because Guns N' Roses went on late. Metallica blew them off the stage, by the way. They destroyed. Like, it was just not even close. And Slash talks about that in his book. He was just like, I was embarrassed because we were a wreck on that tour. And they were like a fine-oiled machine. And they would just go, kick ass, drink a six-pack, and just leave. And meanwhile, we're all fucked up on drugs. Is Axel going to show up? So Guns N' Roses went on late. And Fraser we talked about this on our podcast, but they—this is why they don't do this anymore. They were giving out these commemorative um, mugs that were like thick, pla- like essentially a thermos. Which is you know, nice. this you collect. You know, so Metallica's not coming out. People are getting pissed, and people just started whipping them, and it looked cool for about two minutes, like you know, because the whole stadium was like a popcorn machine with these blue things. And, but they like, they hurt. Like when you took one of the head, it hurt. And the kid in front of me was wearing a powder blue sweater. It was kind of chilly and it clipped his ear and all this blood just started flying out of his, draining out of his ear. And I was just like, I was 14, dude. I was just like, I need an adult. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? like (laughs) I I need an adult. I I need an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I'm just like, there's already been two riots on this tour. I'm like, I'm not ready. And a guy offered Fraser heroin. Yeah, you know, yeah. we just, just like nuts. it's. I, I think kids are really sheltered now. Just to think that we were fourteen, just barely fourteen, too, and just thrown into that environment. <laughs>
2: That's yeah, so I crazy. think I was like maybe twelve or thirteen, and I saw ACDC at the Garden. Yeah, and I, yeah, I was by myself with friends.
3: Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we we, we, took the we train. had to get driven there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was like twelve or thirteen, and yeah, I was just with a group of friends. At ECDC at the, the Garden. The
1: first ever concert I went to, I was nine years old, and I went in there with my twelve-year-old cousin who was visiting from Greece, <laughs> and it was just her and I. It was Huey Lewis in the news, but still, like we're just kids alone, just us two, dropped off and let we were, you know, yeah. that, that fuck. I would never let my kids do that nowadays. <laughs> like are you kidding but me? But the funny thing is, the world is actually safer now. I know, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy to think that. Yeah, yeah. but you're right. It is. It's, it's so much safer now. Yeah. Than it been. Jeez. Going to our concerts is like it? fucking
3: TSA bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. But but, that, <laughs> but he's
1: right. You're going to get padded down. You're going to, right. going to be security everywhere. Everyone's got a phone. So no one's, everybody's afraid to do something because you're yeah. going to get, you know? Yeah. Oh, fuck.
3: But it was the Wild West back then.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> Holy shit. But uh, what was the first time you saw Metallica?
1: Never. Oh, okay. She All never right. has. I've never seen
3: a so it's, it's quite an experience. I've never had the opportunity, <laughs> really and
2: like I, I've always wanted to see them. I just never had the opportunity to go see them.
3: I just remember at the GNR, like when I was like really like they opened with Creeping Death.
2: That's awesome. And I
3: just remember, I mean, what? Let's fucking go, you know? And I just remember seeing Hetfield out on the ego ramp, and just fifty thousand people just doing the die, pounding their fists to the die chance and at at the Big Four at Yankee Stadium when that started. You know, I was just like, I'm not even going to get out my phone because I have the image. And I'm thinking of it right now. I turned around, I turned my back to the stage, and I just because I was on the field right in front of the stage, I looked and just the sight of fifty thousand people in Yankee Stadium just doing that die chant. Uh,
2: awesome!
3: <laughs> it's just fucking awesome. That's crazy. Yeah, the weather was perfect that night too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's the thing you got to see him outside. I feel like Metallica is like an outdoor band because what like, what happens is it's like they go on just as the sun is setting and you hear that that. Uh, Morricone music from Ecstasy, Ecstasy Academy, of Gold", Ecstasy of oh, Gold. So and like awesome. just as the sun is setting,
1: yeah. it, it is. It's like a religious experience. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. Yeah. See, I never got to see him outside. Every time I've seen him has been indoors. Oh, that's too bad. Every single time you got to see but... him at Gillette.
3: <sighs> <laughs> you know that's that's the deal. You know, I'm a fan club member. I'm a legacy member because I've been in like a pay- they they made it so like oh everyone's a fan club member now, but they they did a special thing for the people who've been uh, fan club members because you used to have to pay like. 75 bucks a year. You get like a magazine and everything like that. Sure. And um, so I get first dibs on tickets. So, I'll let you guys know let next time know. they come around. Uh, next, next time. Yeah. Yes. And absolutely. they they're really good to their fans cuz like as they put you right down front. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. So we'll do that. Hell yeah. That'd you finally great.
2: <laughs> I would really appreciate Stop that. Stop being a
3: poser. Yeah. Come on.
2: <laughs> I'm not a fucking poser. No, I know you're not. We all know you're not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 probably the the most fun I've had at a concert. Like, just, just.
2: I, the, I would believe it. So
1: fucking good live. Yeah. So good.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And that, uh, that Woodstock 99, like, as I said, in the uh, Metallica community, uh, <laughs> it's considered their best live performance ever. And I, we walked away that night. And we're just like, okay, yeah, Metallica. I mean, they were essentially headlining because the, the, the second night, you know, last slot is, a, is really headlining Woodstock. Yeah. You know, people think it's like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers because they played last on Sunday. Yeah, but it's really Saturday night. Yeah, because you know? I
1: mean that's yeah because you figure you're gonna have people that are gonna leave exactly after Saturday and all that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: I think they knew. Like, I mean, it was on pay per view. Like, literally, the whole world is watching this. Yep. We're headlining. We're fucking bringing it, and they did.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> they, they, they were fucking awesome. Yeah, we, I mean, we just watched it before yeah. you got here tonight. Mm-hmm. We watched it, and I was like, yeah. And,
3: and, right. and I don't know if you caught it, but during one. It was 105 degrees. And it started raining. It started raining yeah. just during one. The yeah. wind started whipping, and then one got over, and it just stopped. Oh, it's so crazy. And I was just like, there might be a God. There might be, <laughs> if that might be a thing.
2: Metallica is, like, manifesting through their music. They're, like, so great. bringing the weather change about.
1: <laughs> Fuck yeah. 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 Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, you were at Woodstock 99. I was. Survived. You survived it. I got sexually assaulted, <laughs> yeah tell that story you told it on your podcast but if you want to tell it again please
3: but you put in the sad music yeah (laughs) I really was though I mean technically speaking you can tell I'm not torn up about it but actually it speaks to like you know some of the bad shit that was going on there because I was watching Dave Matthews band and I noticed there's like this jostling like you know the people in front of me and guys are kind of like getting you know moved aside I'm like what the hell's going on and there was two chicks and it was a and i would love to meet this girl now cuz i would love to ask her why she did this it was a girl short girl red hair dreadlocks wearing a white tank top and she was like excuse me excuse me and she came over and she grabbed my balls and twisted them so fucking hard that in only a oh. guy can understand it's like that dull feeling you get in the pit of your stomach you know like i didn't go down but i definitely bent over i was like fuck You know, and my buddy Brown was like, "Hmm, "What the hell just happened?" I'm like, "Oh, that fucking girl just grabbed me by the balls, like really fucking hard." And then the guy in back of me was just like, "She she just did that to me." And the guy in front of me was like, "She did that to me too." Me too. Yeah, me. #hashtag Me too. Like, (laughs) wow. And 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 actually, I I didn't mention this on my podcast, but I should have because there was a girl I didn't know standing next to me, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And this girl was just like, "Yeah, we've been hearing like the dude bros down front are getting really handsy with the girls." And I was just like, okay, well what's that got to do with me? <laughs> like, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then my friend Lisa was like, you that she really needed to go to the bathroom. I mean, it was definitely one well, or the other.
2: Hearing the story, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if like somebody did something to her and she was like, fuck everyone.
3: Maybe. Maybe. You know. Um, but and that was the first I'd heard of that. But the thing was, is like, you know, that the HBO documentary tried to paint it like it was
1: fucking Vietnam. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was not yeah. that. Like, it, it, like, and I said that, I said that to you when we were watching it. I said, this is so, like, one sided. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is like, so, we were like, this is on.
2: to get people riled. This up. is to
1: get people, p- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pushing yeah. a narrative. You're exactly, pushing every yeah. possible exactly. narrative. Yeah. You're
2: pushing yeah. race. You're pushing oh, sex. He, yeah. Like, ev- every possible narrative you can push, they found it and pushed it here. Yeah. Oh.
3: And, and, you know, I, I was watching, uh, uh, the I have the DVD of Woodstock and I was watching it with my girlfriend Morgan and she was seeing naked girls crowd surfing and Morgan's just like, I hope these girls weren't saying they were sexually assaulted. Because guess what? If you're going to crowd surf naked, your shit is going to get grabbed. And almost it's like par for the course, like for it to physically like yeah. physics, like you, your tits
2: how, are going to get how, touched.
1: How, how, do, how can you expect that not to happen? <laughs> right.
2: But, <laughs> but if you're just standing there in the crowd and some dude goes up and that's grabs a different your story. tits that's or grabs different. your pussy, yeah, that's, that's different. different.
3: Right. And that was happening. But the thing was, is like, and I remember there was some chatter about it, like, you know, at the campsite where we were, but it was like, it, it was only happening down front.
0: Mm.
1: Okay.
3: So, like, you know, and look, again, it's not cool or anything like that. But as far as the environment of Woodstock 99 went, it was almost like a city with a bad neighborhood you just knew to avoid. Because over time, chicks were like, don't go down front, you know. So that was the reality of it. Gotcha. You know, and um, the other thing, too, is, like, they were just like, oh, the conditions were so fucking horrible. Well, that footage that they showed with, like, the— you know they were wallering around in the shit, yeah. and like yeah. the, the yeah. pipes were broken. Okay, here's what they left out: there was four campsites at that. That was only happening in one spot at one campsite. Okay, the rest were fine. Okay, and that's what the promoters were saying in that documentary, and they were right.
1: Uh, the
3: campsite where we were was great, no, no problems at all. People were just throwing frisbees, chatting with people from Pennsylvania and all kinds of stuff. It was like Uh, actually a really good vibe, you know? Okay. And, you know, and then, you know, the riots that, you know, topped the whole thing off. Yeah. We had left before that, but we knew the geography and I was seeing it and we were just like, that was only happening in one specific spot at the main stage. If you felt it was dangerous, you just had to walk away. That's all you had to do. Walk away. The whole thing was four square miles.
1: It, I, that, that's that's what I was thinking yeah. Like when I'm watching it, I'm like okay The whole place Is a bunch of Fucking crazy no. people No The entire place No
2: Come on it was Obviously a s- it's a select Group of people Come on Yeah, yeah.
1: If you felt unsafe You could just Away. I figured that that's what it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're here to clear that up. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I, I was just I was yelling at the TV the whole time, like with Morgan. I'm like, this is fucking bull. Yes, this stuff happened, but they're putting a microscope on the bad shit that happened. Of course, and that's exactly what the promoters were saying. You know, he was like, it was like a bunch of knuckleheads fucked it up, and then the guy was like, oh, it's all about white rage, and Fraser was just like, it was metal bands playing. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be predominantly white <laughs> people, right? And we're watching that. Dickhead from the New York times talk about like, you know, making it all about race and everything. And I just looked at Morgan. I'm like, Oh, I guess he thinks if it was all hip hop groups and it was black people there in that conditions, it would have been better. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you know,
1: unbelievable.
3: Yeah. just dumb. Everything's dumb. But anyway, so that was Woodstock 99. And the prices thing was like, yeah, like you said, you know, we're at a concert and that only applied to like the concert area. Like as far as your camp, You can bring whatever you wanted.
1: So they weren't checking you for, like, food or drink that you brought in with you? No. Not at all. No. That, to me, is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, right. I know.
3: I imagine that now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But no, like, because there was, yeah, there was the campsite. You could have whatever you wanted. But yes, when you got to where the music was actually happening, you know, yeah, you had to buy $4 water. I mean... I expected it. I I was like, what were you people expecting? Yeah. Now, I will admit Morgan, my my girlfriend Morgan made a good point. She goes, when the temperatures got that hot, I mean, that was, I mean, it was, the heat index was like 102. Wow. She's like, I think they probably should have started giving out some free stuff at that point because people were dropping left and right from heat stroke and dehydration. I think that's a fair point.
1: That's fair. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'll say that's, that's definitely fair. Yeah. I mean, especially for a three day thing. You're right. That's fair. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, to, complaining about $4 water, <laughs> that, that's kind of, I mean,
3: yeah, in today's money, it's probably, what, 8 bucks, right? Yeah,
1: which, I mean, that's about right. That's it, what you're paid for, if you go to a I, ball game, I, exactly. you know, right. or, or a, a, yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. So, going go to see wrestling at, at the, you know, TD Garden or whatever, yeah. that's, that's what you're paying. So I don't know,
3: but I—I I mean, honestly, it was one of the most fun weekends of my entire life, and I, its like it's—I feel weird saying that because it's got this like big black spot on it now, but yeah, it was kind of a smudge, like you know when it first happened. Like I remember Howard Stern making fun of it, like oh they burnt down Woodstock oh whatever, you know.
1: Like I remember, <laughs> I remember it not being like a big deal. It wasn't a big deal at all. Like it was like okay, the yeah. The documentary
2: so they- made it like the freaking whole place burnt down. It's yeah, just,
1: it's bullshit.
2: Yeah, because it I got remember- fucked up
3: pretty bad, but. And again, but that was only one little area. Yeah. But yes, that one little area at the main stage, yeah, it got fucked up really bad. But, and the thing was, that's the other thing too. The anger was very directed toward like the vendors, you know, they messed up the trailers and like, you know, the t-shirt places, but people weren't fucking with each other's stuff. You know, your, your campsite was totally safe, you know, and secure. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, the anger was very focused toward fuck these people, you know, that put this on. Wow. You know, so... Yeah, I, I, I have a yeah. I so that's the real story of Woodstock
1: ninety nine. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I, I that's kind of what I figured. Yeah, it's kind of what I figured. It was it was just funny watching this documentary and just the whole time. That's all I was thinking was I don't remember it being this bad. I mean, no. I wasn't there, but I don't yeah. remember it, at the time hearing about it and it being this bad. It was like okay, yeah, there yeah. were some fires and, and and it was hot and but. for
3: you know, it, listen, it, that's why I almost feel bad saying it was one of the best weekends of my life because listen, for the g- women who were. Raped and sexually assaulted, not of course. cool. Of course you know, not. but when, honestly, when you put it into perspective, I think there was like, I don't know, like six rapes reported over a three-day weekend in that kind of conditions. It's honestly, I'm surprised it wasn't higher. I'm surprised it wasn't more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, everyone's all fucked up on drugs and drunk,
1: and and yeah, and and how many people were there? Five hundred thousand. That's insane. Yeah, and it's a small city. That's just insane. Yeah. And you have people coming from all over. So it's not yeah. like it's the local town. It's right. everybody from everywhere coming yeah. in. and Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's insane. So.
2: I told Alex, I was like, I'm glad I didn't go to that. because Were you planning? N- well, I heard about it. And I'm like, I would like to see Metallica. But I was like, I can't fucking deal with that many people. Like, yeah. I used to go to Warped Tour and stuff. Like, bef- like before it, I don't know, got too big for me, I guess. But yeah, I just, I was like telling Alex, like I'd fucking probably kill somebody cause I'd be in the pit. And I was like, if somebody fucking grabbed me, <laughs> s- tried to sexually assault me, I think I would lose my shit and fucking like homicide somebody <laughs> like just totally yeah. lose my shit. But it, it was, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's bullshit. You keep your hands to yourself and speaking from a female perspective, going to shows and having guys try to touch me, try to grab me. It's like, keep your fucking hands to yourself. Don't fucking touch anybody. I don't fucking go up and try to grab you. Don't (laughs) fucking do it to me. You're right. It's like, (laughs) if I'm in the pit or something. It's 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 amazing
1: that that needs to be said, you know?
2: If I'm in the pit and fucking arms are getting swung, shit happens. But to actually have somebody come up and fucking, like, grope your breasts, grab your ass, shit like that. like
3: It's not surprising it was Limp biscuit fans, honestly. Because you know what? If you went into a... at anthrax the guys would probably be looking out for you yeah
2: but that's how it was like when I went to shows we fucking looked out for each other you know it's like even I remember being like on the outside of the pit and like dudes are coming by and I like there are other girls like or even anyone smaller than me I put my arms out like you try to protect each other and that's why I was just like that's the problem like not to sound like some fucking elitist like asshole but like, when you're part of that group and, like, you're in that scene, you, you, you're you a community. You look out for each other. You take care of each other. Yeah. Then you have these people like, I heard your song on the radio and I think you're right, cool. right. And then they fucking come in and try to fucking play the part. It's like, what the fuck?
3: There's no pit etiquette or even show etiquette, you know?
2: Yeah. Like, you take care of each other. And you had mentioned um, before we started recording just like how, or maybe it was while we were recording, but just the atmosphere of Metallica shows and everyone is. Chill. Yeah. Everyone's really oh, chill. It's yeah. like yeah. a community and, and yeah. that's how it should be. You're, you're all there for the same reason. Take care of each other.
3: I think there's something about the music that's kind of bonding. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Because you're all yeah. in that same
2: vibration. Yeah. when you're yeah. When you're listening to that music, you're all like in the same energy field.
3: Yeah, I don't know, and I mean, is it outsiders? I I guess still, I guess Metallica to some. After all the success that they've had, it's still kind of outsider music. I think so. Yeah,
1: I think that's a safe thing to say. I mean, everybody knows who they are, but not everybody knows them. Yeah, like, knows them. Right. You know.
3: Yeah, I think everyone knows Enter Sandman.
1: Probably. You know. Yeah, Enter Sandman. Uh, what's the other like? Nothing they, else
3: matters. Nothing I heard that on the matters, radio on the yeah. way up here.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: um, yeah, and that's the other thing too. It's like I feel like Metallica didn't go to the mainstream, but the mainstream came to them.
1: I think you're right on that. You know, yeah.
3: It's not like they started releasing, you know, New Kids on the Block, you know, the Black Album. It was, it was just, you know, less complicated. Met- it was still metal. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I talked about it on the podcast. You know, I remember, like, uh, some of our friends were like, fuck, it sucks, it sucks. You know, Master Puppets is better. They were right. Master Puppets is better. But, I mean, I remember Frazier and I, we, like, we didn't hate it. We were just like, the old stuff's better, but it's, it's fine. See, because like, I, I loved the it. Black album. I, see,
2: I I love every fucking song on that album.
3: It's not a bad song on the album.
1: No, there isn't. I I, I loved the Black album, and for me, it, it was, uh, like, I, I'd mentioned it in the in previous episode that we'd done for us. Uh, it, it's why I... Wanted. It's when I started playing the drums. It's what I wanted when I wanted to really say, "I gotta play this. I gotta play this music." And it was easier for me to play and learn that music than it was Master of Puppets and, and just Oh strong. yeah, <laughs> it was just easier. <laughs> <No kidding. laughs> and obviously, from there, I built up and I could play the other stuff. But it yeah. was that was the one where I was like, "Oh, it, it became more attainable to me and right. more realistic for me to try." And I think that's why that that whole album, all those songs. Have a special meaning to me because of that because that's when it be, that's when music became something I could do yeah right you know yeah, yeah. for me that makes sense yeah the, the black album for me I mean
3: it really I mean you know not to get like, on this n- nostalgia trip but I I think I talked about this in the fuck pod- it let's get the, the podcast I did be like it's important like because first of all it was just like I was actually happy for them that they had achieved this mainstream success because it's funny to think that like kill them all. Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets—they were playing arenas without radio play or MTV. I mean, who can say that anymore? Yeah, almost nobody. Yeah, and I think that in—and in, you know—you go to the Cliff Burton thing. I mean, they had fucking—you know—by the time the Black Album hit, it almost—they'd they, always had like four lifetimes as a band. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, they were my boys, and I was like, happy. And I in the podcast I talked about like so I was like just. I, you know, I had my little clique of friends. I was like a, the bad kid, a, you know, troublemaker, nerd, whatever. But then this album came out, and all of a sudden, the popular kids started like talking to me and like inviting me to parties. And I swear to God, I think it was correlated with like, well, this guy liked the cool thing before it was cool, so maybe he's cool, you know. And I remember seeing pictures of like Hetfield and Hammett hanging out with Cindy Crawford at like the MTV Video Music Awards, and I remember like thinking like you know, I'm sitting there at like the uh, party talking to like the most popular girl in the school and, you know, and I'm all decked out in my metal shit, you know what I mean? And I kind of yeah. was like, this is trippy. It was really a cultural moment. Yeah. You know,
2: how did you feel though? Were you like pissed, or were you like excited by it?
3: I was pissed because the dudes who were making fun of me for liking Metallica just a year prior were like, "Oh, we like Enter Salmon. I'm like, "Fuck you, you jock!" And that, piece of that shit. happened to me. Fight with me punk right rock. now in the fucking gymnasium. Yeah,
2: because <laughs> I remember hearing you talk about that on your show. Yeah, and I was like, the fucking same thing happened to me with fucking punk rock in high school. I mean, I had like guys like fucking Dyke, like. <laughs> I, I, you know, I would do my makeup. I didn't give a fuck. Like I'd have fucking crazy fucking makeup and like take eyeshadow and make like blue lipstick out of it because like I just wanted to do it. And like, they'd be like, that doesn't look good. And, and like, they'd just be dicks to me. And then like senior year, Dropkick Murphys got really popular <laughs> and they're like, oh, you, you know that band, right? Yep. Yeah, they're they're really good, and like then they started being nice to me, and I got pissed too because I was like, "You guys treat me like shit. You like fucking try to bully me. You call me a dyke. You do all this shit. You make fun of me. Oh, and now you're gonna be nice? Like I'm glad like you finally see you're a moron, but (laughs) (laughs) it's like but
3: they don't though, but right? Yeah, I actually
2: I remember years later um, when I was. I think it was while it was bartending or after i had bartended i was at the bar i used to work at a kid i went to high school with he was like oh hey how's it going all nice and friendly and i'm looking at him like you know you were really you were a real dick to me in high school and junior high and he's like because i wasn't putting up with that i was like fuck that <laughs> I, i'm not gonna play nice so i'm gonna call you out on your shit and he's like you know what i, I was and i'm really sorry about that
0: oh, that's good like, that's okay. a good thing. Thank Case you. closed. Let's move forward. But, but right. that was
2: the thing. It's like, awesome. That's all, you know, like, okay, you Fresh realized start. it. Yeah, it's cool. But that dude at least had the balls to say, you know what? You're right. And I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't have a problem like... Y- yes, I had a problem with the you know the people who were specifically like fucking metalhead. I remember walking to school one day. I was wearing my Aunt Justice for All shirt. And uh, these two older girls... I was 14. They were obviously 16 because they were driving. They were in a car. And they drove by and they were like, Yeah, Metallica, kill your mother, eat your father. Fucking Satan. <laughs> 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 and it was just like... So, like, yes, I I was irritated by the guys who specifically were just, like, you're a fucking loser. But, the, the, like, the I guess the popular kids who didn't really pay me any mind, I was okay that they were finally talking to Because, listen, sure. I had I had perceptions of them, too, like, you're a snooty, stuck-up bitch, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. But I'm like, oh, actually, you're all right. I mean, you're
1: kind of basic, but you're not, you're harmless, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs>
2: you're not as cool as me.
1: Oh, definitely not, but. <laughs> I, I remember the first time I was invited to a party, uh, and it was just, like, somebody, some random kid invited me to a party. I went to a party. And all these other kids who I didn't really talk to, but I wasn't like, well, I was never, I was never really made fun of because when my freshman year of high school, I got into a fight because I was getting picked on by a sophomore. Yeah. So I beat the shit out of him in front of like Just everybody. Like so prison. that was it. Just like prison. Pretty much. I didn't realize it at the time, but <laughs> yeah, looking right. back on it now, it's like, yeah. I had a similar incident. Yeah. That was, so that was it. Nobody fucked with me after that. I was yeah. fine, but I wasn't popular. I wasn't cool. I wasn't in, in any cliques. I had friends kind of in like all the pockets of whatever yeah it was the same way yeah but the first time i went to a party i remember just kids coming up to me going you party (laughs) like what yeah because i didn't drink i didn't smoke i didn't do it but i was just there to hang out so similar i didn't either just there to hang out yeah yeah, me too i didn't do anything but it was you party yeah i didn't know what are you doing here we know you partied i'm like I'm just here to hang out, man. I'm just here to have fun, hang out. I'd be like, know, I'm here it. to
2: fuck you up. <laughs> but, I,
1: but I didn't drink. But everybody's you know, plastered or whatever. I'm the only yeah. like sober one, but whatever. It was, but well, yeah, anyway.
2: You had mentioned wearing a Metallica shirt. And I actually was telling Alex how when I was younger, I wanted to get a Metallica and Megadeth. I wanted their t-shirts so bad. And my mom wouldn't let me because that's not what ladies wore. It was inappropriate. <laughs> and so wow. I would get so upset because my brother could get the shirts. So I'm like, oh, I want this Metallica shirt. And my mom's like, no. What about the Megadeth shirt? No. And I'd be so sad. And so I remember like thinking, when my brother kicked my ass if I stole his t-shirt to wear to school and would I get caught wearing it and get in trouble with my parents because I just wanted to wear their shirts. Cause I, I liked the band so much, but like my mom's like, you can wear like Janis Joplin t-shirts and like Beatles <laughs> yeah, the music. Like, I like exactly like my parents, <laughs> like the music, it's okay to wear the shirt, but can't fucking wear like an injustice for all t-shirt. And, um, hmm. Alex had mentioned how nowadays people will wear those kind of shirts like Metallica, Megadeth, and they don't even fucking know who the band is.
3: Oh, that's a big thing. So I know like, you know, people in their 20s and they're just like, oh, it's so lame. You know, I, I wear a Metallica shirt and a, and a dude in his 40s is like, name five songs. And like, <laughs> you guys are so lame. And I'm like, no, actually, you're fucking lame. Because I'm like, just think of it logically for one second. What What's the purpose of a band shirt? It's to advertise the band. You're advertising something you don't know anything about. That's stupid.
1: That's lame. You're
3: dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. like, the, you know, because back in the day it was like you're a poser. Yeah. You know? And, okay, that is kind of lame, especially, like, when you're in your 40s. But yeah. I, tr- I bring it down to, like, a just a fundamental logical level. You're advertising a product that you know nothing about. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So you're dumb. Pretty well, much. Millennial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but speaking of the shirts though, and again, this goes back to like how like not popular we used to have to go into a, into Boston to get Metallica shirts. Oh wow. Yeah. There was a place called stairway to heaven. Do you remember? It was, it, it was in downtown crossing. Was that
1: like in like, you had to go downstairs?
3: Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it was like this way to the stairway to heaven. Yes. And yes, went, but you went downstairs you went and down. it was in basement yeah, and they yeah. had metal everything. There. Yes. I remember that. Place. And we used to have to go there. That's where I did my like uh, back to school shopping, like that's you know, awesome, that's awesome. <laughs> In like junior high and early high school, just like, all right, one Megadeth shirt, one Metallica shirt. That's great. I
2: remember I used to get like my Chuck All Stars from Service Merchandise. Service Merchandise. <laughs> I remember that place because <laughs> they were the cheapest there. So I really, would, yeah. So like, we, I would go there because they had them and they were cheap. And then all of a sudden, like one year, it was like they became fucking like $75 for a fucking bear of sneakers. Yeah. But yeah, I used to. Service yeah, merchandise. Service merchandise. There's one in Zayers. Salem, New Leechmere. Hampshire. Leachmere. <laughs> remember Leachmere? Leachmere <laughs> Stewart's. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: Oh, goodness. Yeah. I, I remember that. The, the funny thing with the Metallica and like like I was saying, my first impression when I saw like the the patch on the jean jacket and then saw the shirts. Was that it was a satanic band just because of skulls? They're not. They've never. I don't. Have they ever had any lyrics even remotely considered satanic? Phantom Lord,
3: but no, that that wasn't their deal. Yeah, they thought that shit was lame. Yeah, and that's, that's like if thing. you go back to their history and you see, watch the interview. The, I'm talking about the old interviews and when they first got started in the yeah. early '80s and Frisco, they were already kind of making fun of like. You know, just the whole, like, uh, fucking metal. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and they were like, Satan, okay, whatever. You know, it's a gimmick. Yeah, You know, and we're not doing that. We're just, you know, they're already almost apart from that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: But I think you, you have people who have no clue, and they just look at them, and they hear the music. They're not actually listening to the music. They're not listening to the lyrics. Right. They're just kind of taking it for what they perceive it to be, and just want to lump it in as that, because that makes them feel righteous or whatever, that they're judging. And, oh, don't listen to that. It's not good. And
3: You know, I I was hanging out with, like, diehard metalheads, you know, uh, when I was, like, 14, 15. And then there was always, like, Megadeth is better. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess for a while you maybe could have made that argument. I mean, he released some pretty kick-ass. Like, Peace Cells is
1: a... Yeah, Phenomenal record Like you know Yeah it's good I mean Rust in Peace Rust in Peace is great Yeah I, I liked Countdown to Extinction yeah. Everything after that Was kind of like uh, Yeah that's when it gets dicey <laughs> I like There'd euthanasia. be like uh, There'd be like a song or two on, 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 on the albums that I liked But Yeah I don't know Yeah um, But
3: Metallica's been Come good. on Besides Saint Anger uh, Yeah
1: Saint <laughs> Anger But
3: there's a reason why Have you ever seen the documentary? Yeah we, w- we just watched it uh, Last week It's tough to
1: watch Yeah, I respect them for putting that out though. I I gotta say they got balls for putting it out. Yeah, but but the whole time I'm like, wow, we're watching Metallica therapy. I know, it's kind of weird. I'm fucking
2: watching that. I was like, I could fucking help them with hypnotherapy and half the time for half the price. God damn it, that's
3: a great documentary though. It Even is. if you don't like metallica, it is. It's, it's it is fascinating. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, gotta, I actually say, like, gotta say,
2: like frantic had grown on me.
1: Frantic. That, that's that St. anger. Are the only two good songs on that album. Nope. I I told. I think I told the story when we had your brother on. I bought the uh, some kind of monster DVD and Saint Anger CD at the same time because I if I if I'm remembering correctly, they got released around the same time, right? About yeah yeah. I got them at the same time. So I get in my car, I put the CD in. So I only listened to the first two songs by the time I got from Best Buy to my apartment. Yeah. I put in the some kind of monster DVD and watch it. I, cause I didn't know what it was, but I knew they were going to talk about why Newstead left. Yeah. And they were going to introduce the new bassist. So I'm like, all right, I got to watch this. Yeah. Then it turns into the therapy <laughs> session. And I was just like, what the fuck? And yeah. again, this is like, early 20s me going what the fuck is this right what happened to metallica yeah and newstead's comment this is wrong we are yeah. the you know right. the biggest band in the we world we can't We've work conquered. this out we can't work this out <laughs> yeah i think this is lame yeah you know, all the shit he was <laughs> yeah. Saying, like yeah yeah and i remember when we watched it the other day i was thinking i was having flashbacks yeah. like to the same you know the same thing yeah and i because of that i never got past like the first three songs on that cd right i've still never <laughs> listened to it it's not good never listen you're to like it i refuse yeah. i i only listen to frantic saint anger and uh, whatever the third song was and and to this day the only I ones i know <laughs> the only ones i will listen to are frantic and saint anger and that's not all the time very were you, were you
2: traumatized but, by that not
1: traumatized but it was almost like it just mentally left a do we need to work on this in our feeling? next session <laughs> <laughs> sure and I just never listen to anything else on that yeah. CD. But anyway. The
2: traumas of watching some kind of monster. You, you know,
1: it, like it,
3: when you watch that documentary and like I, I've read like, uh, you know, interviews and stuff and just like you got to remember, like it, it, this makes me feel like I've done nothing with my life. Like they got started when they were like 18. Yeah. Like Kill Them All came out when they were like 18, 19. You know, Ride the Lightning pretty much blew up when they were in their early 20s. They wrote Master of Puppets when they were like 24, which is insane. I, 24, I couldn't tie my shoes when I was 24. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, they really are like musical geniuses. At least the th- core three guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just they all just happen to come together. But the point being is, like their their emotional growth had been stunted because they had essentially been rock stars. You know, it's like what happened with, with Britney Spears. Yeah. You know, Michael Jackson. you know, sure. But with them, it was, they were a little more grounded because they came from that thrash. Yeah. You know, um, but still, you could see that, like, they were just emotionally just adolescents. Yeah. In their 40s, which doesn't fly in your 40s anyway. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? When you're married and have kids it, and everything else. Take yeah. it from me.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, um, but the thing was like that's so fucking lame but you know what that kept the band together them getting that therapist. I love yeah. that they turn on him too. That that was
1: awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I'm watching I it and I'm like that. does that
2: dude think he's in the band? Yeah. Like I, that, I was, that was like great. how's this going to turn out because like he's fucking like passing notes about like when they're lyrics. fucking yeah <laughs> lyrics and shit. And that's when
1: Hatfield's like you're all done. Yeah. That was that was <laughs> Oh yeah. Wow.
2: Okay. Yeah. thanks. Yeah.
1: 40,000 a month they were paying this dude. <laughs>
3: he'd work with like ball team like baseball teams and stuff like that like you know but some of the stuff he was saying was like I mean it was helpful
1: sure but but just like $40,000 Forty thousand dollars a month. This is in <laughs> two thousand three. But if what? you got,
2: okay. So I want to say though, when they talked about like not continuing with him, they're like, you know, we heard you were selling your house. Yeah, yeah. Like the way he reacted. Oh yeah. He like he, you could tell that he he dude.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you
2: could tell, like he was fucking pissed about it. And I yeah. was like, that's so fucking unprofessional. Yeah. Like you're not in the band.
3: <laughs> that's what Lars said. Um, I think if the client Um, is saying, you know, fucking time out. (laughs) I think it's fucking unprofessional that you want to fucking keep it going. I don't know. I'm not a therapist, but it seems weird, man.
2: It's so, okay. (laughs) It's a great virus, by the way. so,
1: So good. So today, like we're watching
2: Metallica like live and I'm just like, so I'm watching James Hetfield and I'm like, he's a fucking Leo, like going off the Zodiac and I don't know when their birthdays are. Yeah. So I was like, he is a Leo. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I bet Lars is a fucking Capricorn. <laughs> and is he? he?
3: Yeah. Oh, I was going to th- say, because as time has gone on, it's become very clear that I am Lars and my buddy Frazier is Hetfield. I never really thought of that until recently. I think I used to really relate more to Hetfield, but as I've gotten older, I'm like, no, nah, I'm Lars. I'm just I'm a, just a <laughs> douchey, smart guy who's just really wants things his way. I mean... You're
2: tolerable. I don't don't know Lars personally. Oh, I
3: love Lars. (laughs) I I kind of just got it. Yeah, he's hilarious.
2: Yeah,
1: I I think he's funny. No, it's it's
2: just funny because I'm like, I feel like, I don't know, like with his personality, I would either get along very well with him or I wouldn't be able to stand him.
3: The thing is, is everyone thinks that like the heart and soul of Metallica is like Hetfield, which I understand. But if everyone who actually knows them and I think Hetfield even admits it, it's really Lars. I mean... You know, everyone says, you know, you may hate Lars, but no, Lars, no Metallica. He he hustled.
2: No, he's a hard worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: he Uh, hustled. Like he sat in. He used to hang out of uh, Motorhead when they were recording Another Perfect Day of the studios. And he would just keep bugging Lemmy. And he'd be like, can I sit in? He's like, I'm just going to sit there. I will not say a word. I just want to watch you guys record an album. He was like 15, you know. It's awesome. And he was just like, all right, man. And he did. And he just sat there and he just watched how the process worked. You know, he's the one who got them signed to kill them all, you know. That's so ugly. He did all... He's mm-hmm. the business guy, you know. He did all that, you know. And he's a pretty decent drummer. Oh, he's awesome? <laughs> yeah. He's I okay. Love his I mean, I, his,
1: yeah, I
2: think he's, he's pretty good. I, I
3: think he's awesome. Well, musicians always say that he's not good live. I, I don't hear it because I'm not a musician. Um... I've heard multiple drummers say like he's terrible live. <laughs> I,
1: I I like I see I like his drumming, but he definitely as far as like keeping time not good, right? No, he right. just he's all over the place. Yes, right. But it's live, so who cares? That's yeah. what I say. It's yeah. live, so who gives a shit?
3: But as it's been explained to me, like he's the perfect drummer for Hetfield. Like his drums really complement what's going on with the guitars. And yeah. again, I'm not a musician, but that's how it's been explained to me.
0: Yeah.
2: and, and that's the thing, I, I kind of feel that. like Lars and James are kind of like the figure eight, Yin kind and yang. of, yeah, yeah. Like they they balance each other. Oh, they're the
3: they're the McCartney and um, who's the other guy? Lennon. Lennon of metal, for sure. It, they're, they're the Richards and you know Jagger of metal.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, I mean the because they're the main songwriters. Yeah. yeah. When you yeah, look yeah, at it's, it's always, always the, Hetfield. It's always. All, those all, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do everything. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's an interesting dichotomy. And you know what's interesting too, just going back to some kind of monster real quick? Mm -hmm. You can really see the difference between Hetfield being just like this red-blooded American and Lars coming from Denmark and Europe because the band is all like fractured and you hear Hetfield just like, dude, it's all about me right now. I need time to myself. I need to work on this shit. I need to go to rehab. And Lars keeps saying, um, it's about the fucking collective you know we need to f- we need to vote on this as a group, you know. And then you have Kirk; he's almost like the Eastern influence, even though he's American. But well, he's half Filipino, yeah. Because he's just like, hey man, peace. Things are going to work itself out. Yep. So it's just like you got this Western, European, and Eastern influences all in this band. I I,
2: I know. Watching that the whole time, yeah. it's like poor fucking Kirk. He's just like, he's so
3: such a sweet guy. Yeah. I know. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: he's a Scorpio, but okay.
1: What <laughs> <laughs> uh? What what did you think when Newstead left the band? I think
3: looking I think that was a massive mistake because he thought the direction of the band wasn't going like they're not metal enough. You know, if he had just stuck it out, Hetfield would have gone to rehab, realized he was an asshole, apologized to him, and it would have been all set. Yeah. Because the album that came after Sandanger, which is one of my favorite albums, Death, Death Magnetic. Magnetic. So, that's that's what Newstead wanted to make. The first time I heard Death Magnetic, I'm like, dude, you should have just stayed with the band. <laughs> they did what you wanted to do. Yeah, I thought it was really because I mean, I love, I like Robert Trujillo, but
1: I loved Newstead. I loved Newstead yeah, Stead, too. Me too. Yeah, I loved Newstead. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Cliff. By the time I got into Metallica, Cliff Burton had already passed right. away. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, his bass playing is fucking nuts.
3: Here's the thing. Again, I'm not a musician, but I listen to that podcast, that, and they have a lot of musicians on, and they really because. When someone dies young like that, a musician, they tend to be, you know, memorialized, of idolized in a way. But every musician I've ever heard, they're just like, No, that guy really was on another fucking level. You know, just anesthesia pulling teeth. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, (laughs) and talk about selling out. Like Flea said this when he inducted them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's like, anyone who thinks Metallica is like selling out, putting a five minute bass solo on your
1: album is not the key (laughs) to mainstream success. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: What? What? Speak? Yeah, uh, I remember one of my favorite quotes growing up uh, was Newstead when when uh, he was interviewed. I can't remember by who. Uh, They were when he was answering the sellout comment. He's like, people call us sellout. Oh yeah, we do sellout. Every time we play <laughs> Yeah right Yeah And I was like That's fucking awesome Yeah that is that awesome That is awesome <laughs> But I always loved that guy Like being in the band Just cause like he, he, To me Like him headbanging When he had oh, the long hair And everything yeah. And just like He'd always have that like Mean face that he'd put yeah. on It's like That guy's a fucking badass Right yeah. And when you'd hear him in interviews He was always just like just, like, cool, you know? Yeah. So when he left, I'm like, oh, man, what the fuck happened there? Right. That's yeah. why I couldn't wait to get home to get that movie and that DVD and see what happened because it was just kind of like...
3: And, and what Hetfield was doing was bullshit. Like, you can't play with anyone else. Yeah. Even was, though we're on was, hiatus. Yeah, that was bullshit. But, but he did. Yep. You know, yep. Um, Hetfield was, you know, playing on other people's albums and stuff. Yeah. And so I think he would have gone to rehab, realized he was in the wrong... But yeah, it was just unfortunate. But I mean, if you're, if
2: you're, you know, he's talking about having abandonment issues and that kind of shit, like, cause you know, you're not going to abandon yourself. You're not going to abandon your band. Like, you know, you're not going to do it. But if you don't know that this other person, like, how do I know they won't do that? Like, I get it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I can get that mentality from someone who's gone through a trauma.
3: Well, that, I mean, that's the other thing. When you, the more you learn about Hatfield's life, man, that guy's been through some serious shit.
2: You See, know? I don't know a lot of. Oh his yeah, life like you no, know,
3: his um his dad just it's such a gen like Gen X thing. Like his dad just took off. Y- you know, his dad was in some kind yeah. of monster, right? No, no, no. He's dead. He's in the year and a half in the year life and a half. Movie. Yeah, that's yeah. What it was okay. Yeah, no, he just took off, and yeah, he just left the family, and then his mother died of cancer. When he was like 12 or something, 13, and he was Jeez. raised by his older brother. Mm-hmm. And then the whole Cliff thing, yeah. you know, because him and Cliff, him and Cliff are were tight. really yeah, tight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He almost looked up to him like a big brother, you know, Cliff. Cliff was older, a couple of years older than the rest of the guys. Yeah. You know, that, and that whole aspect of their story too, that bus accident, you know, I know they've talked about it in interviews, but there's a book called Back to the Front. It's all about the making of Master of Puppets and then the subsequent tour. I wanted to get that. Book. It's so good. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> okay. But they really get in the details of it that I had never heard. Dude, that crash was like horrific. Wow. Like it was really bad. Like his you le- they could see his legs. Jesus. You know, like under the bus. And there was a part where like they were getting the people out and it was dark, you know, they couldn't see shit. And the guy was just the there was the last guy in the bus and everyone on the outside knew Cliff was dead because they saw the legs. And they're pulling him. And the guy was just like, hey, wait a minute. He's just like, I can I can see Cliff's hand. Like, I can get Cliff. And the guy up top was just like, he just goes, don't worry about Cliff. Fuck. You know? And, yeah. That's
1: <laughs> just nuts. I know.
3: I know. I mean, wow. yeah. I mean, to, you know, see your best friend just get fucking wiped out like that. Like, I mean, this going to fuck you up. Oh, yeah. And they
1: just plowed on, you know? Yeah. They barely took any time off. That's that's the amazing thing with them, too. Like, by the time the Black album came out, they'd already put out four albums. Yep. Been touring nonstop. Yep.
2: Do you think they did that, though, for necessity? Like, we have to keep going. Like, if we stop, we'll lose what we have.
3: Yeah. I mean, I just think. I mean, and plus, they were young, dumb, and full of cum, <laughs> as yeah. the saying goes. Yeah. And, well, they talk about they just drank themselves into oblivion. You know, I mean, that's when the. Alcoholica. Yeah. That's when it that really got ramped up, was after that. Yeah. And that's it. I'm, mean, uh, kirk talking about the night that that happened he woke up in the middle of the night and he just heard hetfield outside the hotel just screaming cliff he was like screaming at cliff's name at the top of his lungs just bashing the shit out of stuff he had to be sedated like they literally had to like tranquilize him and bring him to the hospital wow. which i i understand you oh, know? i get it yeah i totally get it <laughs> yeah um Jeez. but yeah and they also knew they're just like cliff would absolutely a thousand percent want us to go on and Cliff's parents were just like, yes, keep going.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like every time uh like Newstead would do interviews, he'd talk about becoming close with Cliff's parents. Yeah. Cliff's parents giving them like giving him their blessing. Yeah. Like they were involved in the in the bass selection the bass player selection yeah. process and stuff. It, like, yeah, yeah. just everything they that they've done has just been so fucking cool. Their story is like, incredible. It's, an, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you don't like them, their story is just incredible. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. It's just Crazy, like, j- when I heard that, that, that they got Cliff's parents to be in on the bass player selection, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, like, that's just fucking cool. They interviewed you know? Ray
3: Burton on Metal Up Your Podcast. Well, it was, like, they? the last interview he did before he died. Yeah, oh, he just shit. he lived to be, like, 90, and he was just, like, this old, just chill, hippie dude, which kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah.
1: I, I saw him when he uh, when they got in- inducted into the Hall of Fame, and he got Oh, right, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool that they did that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the thing, I, I guess the next thing, you know, Metallica has at times made it not easy to be a Metallica fan. Like, you know, the whole load thing, but... Because I was, like, I remember when we got that album, Frazier put it into the CD player. He listened to the first two songs, and just took it and just whipped it at me. He's like, you can listen to that shit if you want, you know? He, I think he's come <laughs> around to it since, But, but I just... I listened to it and I'm like, mm, but I noticed I kept getting the song stuck in my it head. It grew on me. Yeah, it totally, sure. it was yes. a slow thing. that, yeah. it, And I was it, like, it definitely. And then finally I was like, I just embraced it. Yeah. I was like, it's good. Same here. Yeah. I, I, I love that album. Yeah. I love that album. Yeah. It's one of my favorite albums. Um, but the other thing too, that makes it not easy was the Napster thing. I was going to
1: ask you about Napster. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. How did you feel about the whole thing? With Again,
3: I was in the minority. Now, uh, just to put it in perspective, I was working at the Boston Phoenix at the time, which was a heavily leftist newspaper, but it didn't really matter then because you didn't talk about politics because nobody cared. Imagine that, young people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remember everyone in the office was just like, fuck those fucking guys. What, you know, what the fuck? Like, they're not fucking wealthy enough. And Lars has talked about this. He's like, Napster was good with their PR, because they were just like, it's money, money. They want money, money, money. And they're like, it wasn't about money for us. Like, you're right. We're rich. We got plenty. It's about, that we've made this. This is ours. And we want to say how it's distributed. Yeah. You know? And we're also looking out for the guys underneath us coming up, because they're the ones that are going to get fucked. You can get t-shirts now in 2021
1: that say, Lars was right. Yeah, because he was—he was right. (laughs) Yeah, at the time when everybody was shitting on them, I'm like, But are you listening to him? Because he's actually right. Yeah. Yes, I too. I was with you on that. I was. I I, I was actually the minority. Yeah, we because everybody was like, "Well, it's it's fucking rich rock stars, isn't it?" And I'm like, uh, "How do you think they're gonna make money? Right? How are they gonna? How are they gonna keep putting music out? Right?" And like Lars said. We're looking out for the guys behind us. Right. Yeah. How's anybody going to become a successful musician and make money if you're just getting it you know, all for free? Right. How's that happen? Yeah.
3: And, you know, H- H- Hetfield would just make these really cogent arguments. He's just like, if you make a chair, you get to say how that chair is sold, or if you want to give it away for free, you can do that. Yeah. You know? It- it's just like, it's our, we created it. It's our property.
1: Exactly. You know?
3: <laughs> and exactly. he was right. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's just like, well, they don't make their money on albums anyway. It's just like, right, but the albums make the tour happen. Exactly. You know, it was, you know, you sell the albums, you get on the radio, you go on tour. Right. It, it was, it was, yes, it was the minimal part of the process, but it was part of the, it was one of the table yeah. legs. If you knock that out, yeah. look at the music industry now. Lars was
1: right. Lars was right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I I wasn't a big Napster user because I like tangible things. So I wanted to go buy the cassette tape or the CD. And I think by that point it was CDs. Um, but I kind of felt like, well, I, I also didn't look at it like the grand scale of what it was because I didn't give a shit about it. Yeah. But I was like, if I have an album, if I buy a CD and I want to fucking record it on a tape for somebody and give it to a friend, oh, yeah, I fucking got it. Like, what's the difference? So I get those points. But I also wasn't, like, using Napster. I wasn't immersed in it. I was, like, going to punk rock shows and fucking supporting the bands. Yeah, right, right, right. So I kind of didn't give a shit, but I was just like, whatever. So it didn't really affect you? It didn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I never used Napster oh, or anything I like that. Oh, I th-
3: th- th- I was talking <laughs> but, about both sides of my mouth. But on the other hand, <laughs> I was like Metallica's right. But I was fucking I was working at the Phoenix, and at the time they had like a T four connection, super fast internet. connection. Okay, yep. So I would just da- and I had a zip drive. Remember the zip drive? That yes. was old school. Yep. And I used to just download songs all fucking day, but there were all songs that just like. I, I like the song, but I wouldn't pay for you it. You wouldn't pay
1: for it. Right. That's yeah. what, like, I was just like, Oh, what was that American pie song? All right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> my know? brother, my younger brother, my brother's four years younger than me. He had Napster and he was at the time we were living together and he got like, you know, all, all his music from that, but it was the same thing. It was stuff he wouldn't go pay for. Right. If he liked a band or yeah. he liked a, like a, he was into like hip hop and that kind of stuff. Yeah. He would go buy the CD. It was all, like you said, stuff you wouldn't go pay for that you yeah. would get on Napster. Right. That's what he did. I, I never got into it at all. Yeah. But See,
2: I, I didn't trust any digital music. How, I mean, we were, <laughs> when we got together, that was what, 13 years ago? 12, okay. 13 years ago? Sure. A while <laughs> ago. I didn't have an iPod. Everyone had an iPod. And I was like, I have a Walkman at home.
1: Oh, I got to say, <laughs> when I first saw the iPod, I was just fascinated. Like, you could put all I your still music have one. on that. I st- I have two of them. Yeah. I got the, like, the 80 gig one, and then I got the next one up, the 160 gig yeah. one. Yeah. Just because I'm like, I can put more music right, on yeah. this. Awesome. I'll more. rip in my CDs. That took <laughs> weeks. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That took weeks. I'll just <laughs> make a mixtape. <laughs> yep.
2: I'm yep. so, like, nope, I want the <laughs> tangible thing. I mean, you got one for me, and I remember thinking, like, I don't fucking want this.
3: Well, the iPod was good for, like, driving yeah. Walking, rather it meant the, those goddamn cases of CDs oh, for your yeah. car, yep. you know, I was happy to be rid of those.
1: Yeah. Same here.
3: <laughs> you yep. know, I still have them all. I have all my Get CDs. Get the visors, so you pull it down and ah. pull out
2: your CD. <laughs> yeah. The man. best were the cars that like had the cassette player that like would... Fast forward and rewind, and it could tell where the song began and stopped.
3: Those are fancy. That
2: was technology. (laughs) So I'm like, I just want to go back. Like, how many songs? Okay. And you could keep track instead of having to stop and play and wait for it. Stop. Oh, nope. Got to go back a little bit more. I went too far. Like, they would just automatically stop, and it was the best.
3: But, uh It's the little things in life. Okay. The little (laughs) (laughs) pleasures. But, yeah, Metallica rules.
2: They do. (laughs) Yeah,
3: Metallica. I I love that they're still going. Yes, yeah, and their music is still great. It's awesome. Their last album was great. Yeah, you know, um, they're still fucking kicking ass live. They're in their late fifties now,
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know. And you know, they they were on tour when uh, COVID, you know, the shutdowns. And you know what they did? They're like, fuck it, let's make an album. So I'm, I, I think it's coming out this year. Is it coming out this year? Yeah. Oh great! I, I, I'm pretty sure. That's if awesome. If not, early 2022.
2: Did any other bands aside from Metallica aside from Metallica ever play Antarctica? Or was it only Metallica? I,
3: I'm, no. They're the only band ever that's played all that's the continents so on great. the planet.
1: That's so awesome. Did you ever
3: see that? The the video of I it? I never saw it. No. They had to wear uh, in the audience. They, they, again, they're good to their fan club members. They picked like 100, you know, and they're in like a geodome thing. Okay. Because the thing was, is like the sound can like literally make the ice crack and like the penguins would get scared. Allegedly. Yeah. Y- you know. Right. No, I imagine like big booming sounds could crack ice oh, you because know, it's like sure. fragile. If that's there. what it really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm sure penguins would get freaked out. So the point is that uh, the even the audience had to put in earphones, headphones. Wow. Yeah. And so they're rocking out. And they didn't play Trapped Under Ice, which seems like a big misstep. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. What? <laughs> the underrated deep track from Ride the Lightning. Yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. That the, the reason they did that, like you said, because they are now the only band that's played all seven continents of the planet.
1: I'm waiting for them to, for them to play on the moon. Yeah, I mean that would be <laughs> the next that's, step. That's the next thing.
3: Aerosmith wanted to go up and be the first band to play in space. They wanted to go up in the space shuttle. I think with Elon Musk, I'm, I'm there's I'm, Metallica will probably be the first to do that too. I'm sure <laughs> it'll be fake, just yeah, like the they'll, moon f- landing. They'll film that on a
1: soundstage somewhere. Yeah, in, yeah. yeah. somewhere
2: in Cal- <laughs> uh, California. So. Gorman, yep. top five favorite Metallica oh, songs.
1: Okay.
3: Um, one, Harvey, Harvester of Sorrow. <clears throat> I, I just, I That's love that song. song. Yeah, it's it, 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 I, I like that it was the song back in the day that like the real Metallica fans knew. They always played it. It was never a hit. It was never a radio single or anything like that. But it was just like, it's got that groove. The lyrics are just so good. Um, that um, probably blackened. I mean, that song I love just flagging. makes me want to drive into a fucking tree. Yeah, I love It's flagging. such a good opener, too. It's so great. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I guess the, I love bells, you know, especially live, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, I, I really... There's a song on um, the new album, uh, Halo on Fire. That's a good song. That's a great song. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to pick five, but I guess I c- the
1: I c- ones c- I just named. Creeping Death. I don't know if I can... I hate lists like that. I can't yeah. do favorites. I can't. Uh, I was gonna I'm not cheat and
2: like just name some of the albums. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm not. I'm not good at that. Uh, for me, and Justice because it was the first CD that I ever heard from them, the first time that I got into them. Yeah, that's always gonna have a special place. But um, Unforgiven, I don't know. I, oh, I love Unforgiven. That's oh, a great oh shit song. is playing right now on the TV. <laughs> I just noticed, and that Kirk solo. That's one of the really, greatest oh, solos man, in rock that's history. So good so good. It, it really
3: is considered one of the greatest solos in rock history. I, I know, which is, yeah. which
1: is it's great. I mean, yeah. it's deserved. Do you remember Bob
3: Rock like yelling at yelling him? Yelling at him, <laughs> yeah, because
1: we just watched a year yeah. and a half uh, I love last
3: week. Dude, a year and a half in the life so of Metallica, good. it's like, you literally put me in a TARDIS or the DeLorean and I am fucking right back to the early 90s. Yeah. yeah. Just the footage in that, it's yeah. like you're there. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's exactly how I remember the early 90s, how people yeah. dressed, yeah. talked, the radio, Everything. the MTV. Yeah. yeah. It yep. really transports you back to that time. Yep,
1: yep, yep, and uh, yeah, Bob Rock just going at at Kurt for that for that uh Pushing guitar him. solo, yeah. really, really egging him on. And oh, and they play Russia after the yes. after the
3: wall fell. Mm-hmm. Yep, and the fucking helicopter and shit is flying around, and the yep. freaking the former. You know, Stasi or beating the shit, be- beating out, of the the kid. shit out of kids. Yeah, by,
1: I guess by, like by the end of the show, the Stasi like laid off and were like kind of they like, were rocking out rocking too. Out yeah, too.
3: talk about a cultural Music's moment. Music's
2: a yeah. great unifier. Yeah, it really yeah. was. Oh,
3: fucking a, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing that footage on like MTV News or whatever. Yeah, when it happened. It was a big deal. Like, Holy shit. Yeah. yeah,
3: it was a big deal. You know, like the the you know the podcast I did. It was like, did rock music die in 1991? And I just. I don't remember rock music being that big since. I don't know. Between yeah. them, Guns N' Roses. Yeah. And Nirvana, obviously, was just
1: right around the corner. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The only band that I kind of got into, and and I never got into them as much as Metallica, uh, after after I got into Metallica, was uh, other end of the spectrum, was Green Day. Oh, yeah? Which was like, you know, pop punk. Right, and, and even them, I mean, like I, I can't stand them now. Like they pissed yeah. me off like yeah. r- ridiculously, but I, and, and I got into them for like a short time. But other than that, there was no real music that I got into. Yeah. And I don't know if it's cause I, st- I, I stopped listening to the radio at that point. MTV stopped playing music, yeah. stopped playing music right. videos. So I stopped watching MTV. So I didn't really know what was coming out. Yeah. And I didn't really care like corn. I never got into corn. I like never, corn. Never cared about them. Yeah, couldn't care less. Like when Godsmack became a thing, I, I'd heard of them but didn't really yeah, know I any of their care. songs. Didn't care. It Wasn't
2: until I saw them live. I'm like, they I didn't, don't. I suck didn't really as hard care about play. any any
1: any yeah. other music since yeah. Metallica and like I said, Green Day I for will a short say, time, And so that was it.
2: When I worked in veterinary medicine, I would get some shifts. I'd work like eleven to three or um, like. I'm sorry, I work 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. or 4 p.m. till midnight. But working in veterinary medicine in an emergency hospital, it was like sometimes you have to stay. So some nights I get home like midnight, 1 o'clock, 2, 3 in the morning. But I get home and there's nothing on TV. I'm still kind of wired from the emergencies happening in the night, sure. have something to eat. And MTV was actually playing music in the middle of the night, like in the early 2000s and so um like early to mid 2000s and so I forget what show it was but like they would play like it was like a show where they played music like nobody really knew about like to try to 120
1: minutes or something
2: no it wasn't 120 minutes it was something else but I'm watching and there's this band El Pus and I was like they, they play the song, a video, Suburb Thugging, and it's like punk <laughs> yeah punk rock and rap, but it was awesome, and it was different, and it was really cool. I'm like, these guys are fucking awesome. So I remember going to Newberry Comics, and I was like, oh, I hope they have them, and I found the album, and I got it, and, like, every song on that is just so unique and awesome, but that was one of the things I was just thinking about, like, finding music on MTV, kind of like how I discovered Metallica from the one video on MTV. I actually found like a really cool band and I saw them at um, the Hampton Beach Casino. They opened for Real Big Fish and I ended up like, hanging out with them because yeah, you told the story yeah right. in the back parking lot, the dude was trying to get me to like go work for the band and basically you hire pretty girls to promote the band be,
1: be their road whore <laughs>
2: pretty, well yeah i, I said no Flatter thank you
1: be, be their groupie yeah no traveling groupie. i was like
2: dude i just want to fucking get in the pit and fuck shit up you know but
1: <laughs>
3: all right
2: I, i'm not your typical like girl
3: no kidding I guess what, like, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, like, what rock band post-Metallica could sell out a football stadium
1: easily? Post-Metallica? <sighs> I don't know. Maybe I mean, Foo Fighters? Maybe? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Maybe. But I, I, that's another band. That's I a big maybe, don't, though. Don't, but yeah, it's a maybe. Yeah, you're I mean, right.
3: Metallica is just like, we're playing Gillette, it's sold out. Yeah, it's done. But, but, it's but, but, and there's other bands that can do that, but they all came before Metallica. Like, the Stones can sure. do that. You know, yeah. ACDC can do that. But yeah, after them. Yeah. After but after Metallica. them, I just don't, Guns... Oh, oh,
1: but again, that's pre-metallica. Yeah. So, no, I I can't think of any. No.
2: But I also don't listen to the radio. I, I but have, that's the thing. I, I don't either.
1: So I don't nothing. know. But nobody does, <laughs> right? But, well, that, well, he's right. Yeah, that's true. Nobody does. You're yeah. right. Now, how do people get music now? It's all social media YouTube. sharing. YouTube, yeah, you yeah because YouTube too, you know sure. i
3: i know a bunch of people they have like teenagers now it's fucking weird like they have teenagers and i asked them i'm like and they're just like oh it's all youtube like yes they like taylor swift you know what i mean billy yeah. eilish for a
2: second i was like who the fuck is taylor swift it took a moment for my brain to like process the <laughs> fella
3: over here with the hella good hair <laughs> i know who she is couldn't tell you any songs yeah. oh really but i've, I've heard shake of it off no idea. Billie Eilish is definitely that Billie Eilish is you know, they kids love her.
1: I've heard of her, but I don't know who she Well,
3: is. I was just I guess Karen, she's a I'm sure she is a good musician, but I was just like, okay, I'm going to be you know, let's get involved in this, you know, and I put it on and it was the very first time. And listen, I made it to my 40s before I felt this way. I'm like, I'm old. Cuz I'm like, I do not get this. I don't get this music. Like like it would, it start rock. It like it would rock, and then it would just get like super. It would almost be like a different song within the song, you know. It'd like it'd be like a hard rock, and then it'd just be like piano for another minute, and then go back into like it. I'm like, I just don't. I'm
2: I like, don't it was know. going
3: good there for a minute, and then you just, it's like getting a hand job, and there's the girl stops. <laughs> That's the analogy. I'm gonna go get a <laughs> snack. <laughs> I'll be
1: back. I love those analogies. Um, <laughs> they work.
3: Yeah, but, it, you know. And that's the other thing too. Is like um, you're talking about. They didn't play music on MTV. There's a great book I recommend. It's called "I Want My MTV." It's an oral history of MTV. It's 700 pages long. I think I read it in two days. Holy but shit! It, but it's not. It's not. It's not difficult. It's just interviews with people from like yeah. the president of MTV to the you know music video directors to James Hetfield. Like it, dude. Damon when Lee you Ross. say
1: 700 pages, I say holy shit. I mean that's awesome. Yeah. Holy oh shit. yeah, it was awesome. Because yeah. I like books that are thick. Because I yeah. know I'm gonna fucking get a good. He likes book. Yeah. thick. Um,
3: but they asked they're just like so the big question why did you guys stop playing music videos and the the programming director was like oh that's easy because people stopped watching them you know as you got into the early 2000s he's like you know the the ratings for real world and all that stuff were through the roof the music video shows were just downed out and millennials were just not into music videos they just didn't care about them oh there you go yeah because that, that, uh, huh. everyone's just like well, what the hell Why? you know yeah. just like people stop watching them Bel- believe me they're like we're gonna play what people wanna see of course people didn't wanna see videos anymore it's that simple <laughs> it's weird it's, yeah it is kind is cause of the special. art of the music video yeah I, I mean th- those that like, fuck how I mean Unforgiven. I remember oh. where I was when that debuted. I remember being psyched the whole day yes, in school to yes. go home and watch that. <laughs> yes.
1: And they would and they would announce like the world premiere of the video. World premiere, yeah. Oh
3: yeah. <laughs> you oh yeah. Yeah, and, yes. and just think about November Rain, I think probably oh. the greatest
1: music video ever made. Yeah. Yes. That, that was, was I like, know Thriller, but Thriller two, yeah. Thriller yeah. was up there. Yeah. I mean Yeah, you fucking have, smash like, it into the cakes. You can have like mini <laughs> movies. <laughs> like, Which is what November Rain is. Yeah. 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 yeah It's just
0: insane
3: But it's also
2: a chance For the artist To kind of like Tell their story Visually yep. Yeah You know Whether it's a What the song Represents Or something totally different And it was cool Because like There were so many Amazing music videos That came out And like You know I said before One That was something You're watching it and they're showing from like a movie from like nineteen seventy or seventy one about this dude who great basically, movie by the way yeah and he fucking he can't see he can't talk he can't hear like he's that's fucking what Hedfield
3: wrote the lyrics about yeah, yeah he's stuck yeah.
2: in this bed and it's like it just like watching the video was so much more impactful yeah because it's like fuck and oh my god it's playing right now yeah,
3: that's that's pretty funny
2: um but. Like you listen to it but then you watch the video and it like really fucking hits you like seeing it.
3: Oh, that last part where he's just like S O S Yeah. It's like what what is he saying? He's
2: saying kill me over and over again. Kill me. Yeah, Yeah.
3: it's intense. It it
2: is. I just got got chills too.
3: (laughs) We're so weird. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I totally got it. I did too. I I just got him. Um in that book, uh the I Want My MTV they talk about the one video about how Metallica was they were so resistant against videos and guess who wanted to do one and who didn't Lars was all gung-ho of course Hetfield was dead set against it and it was the lady from MTV went to the shoot where they shot that and she goes Hetfield came in he was just pissed off drunk and you know on his guitar he'd usually write more beer or eat fuck or whatever yeah yeah he just had fuck you (laughs) and the lady (laughs) at MTV was just like someone needs to tell him he needs to take that off his guitar and I'm not gonna be the one to do it. <laughs> but he finally was like, fuck it. But you know, he, but he eventually opened up. It's just like, it's yeah. just a new way to reach more people. And clearly it did. Oh, it fucking The works three of us them. right here. Yep. Uh, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: but I, I feel have failed on that because I'm always like, I don't wanna do what everyone else is doing. Fuck that. You're all making music videos. Fuck that. Yeah. Like that's, I'm always like, I always resist what everyone else is doing. And I feel like I have to like go against it because. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I am. So I got that. And he probably looks at it like, what the fuck? But I guess Lars was right. You yeah. know, because, because you have seven year olds. Um, thank you. Because <laughs> you have seven year old me. <laughs> Tremendous. That's how I discovered Metallica. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, Yeah, A seven-year-old girl would not have discovered Metallica any other way than MTV at that point.
3: I I think the selling out thing is, like, if you specifically change your sound to, like, if the record company tells you to change your sound. um, To change your
2: sound, to change your style, to change who you are. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's interesting, like, because Dokken, (laughs) you know the band Dokken? Yeah, yeah, never got into them. Like, um, the band was just like, we got to glam up, you know? But their management was just like, no, you're you're doing fine. You don't need. Anything. But the band was like, no, we need to do this, and it kind of like it, it fucked them up. Ble- yeah, blew blew up in their <laughs> face because now they're like, you know, just painted in that hair metal genre. Yeah, yeah. you know, and Metallica never did that. Yeah, they you know? never did it except for Load when it was the opposite. Yeah, yeah. They glammed yeah. out when everyone else was stripped down. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's another good punk rock Metallica. Um, they were uh, playing um, the MTV video music awards, but in Brazil. Okay. And you know, and so they were supposed to play King nothing. It was load. Yeah. And they were supposed to do K- King nothing. And until the Sleep, So it was two songs. And so their backstage are all set and they're like, Hey, we got to cut you. It's only going to be one song. And they're like, okay, I guess we'll do King nothing. And they had like, whatever, 10 minutes. They're like, it's going to be eight minutes. And they're like, okay. And then they're like, ah, it's it's gonna be like seven. And they're like, okay, all right. So they time for them to go out, Hetfield gets to the microphone. So fucking what? And they just played <laughs> so what. And they just immediately cut to commercial. Well, not immediately, but they got a good minute of the song in. I mean, the lyrics of that song, yeah, fuck yeah. this, fuck yeah. that, everything. Yeah, yeah. They they cut away. They get they they just played so what.
1: That's awesome. It's like got, a two-minute song.
3: Yeah, too. right. And they go make or go home. They got backstage and they're like, "You will never play on MTV Brazil ever again." And they're like, "We don't care. Fuck you. Bye."
2: I love <laughs> it. Punk as fuck.
1: That's rock and roll. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So
3: the whole sellout thing. No, yeah. they're doing what they want, and yeah. I think that you know they've been, they've had the same management team pretty much since Ride the Light. At Q yeah, Prime, right? Q Prime. Yeah. These two guys, Peter Mensch. And the other guy's name, or I can't remember. Um, I know you're talking about
1: uh, Bernstein, Bernstein.
3: Bernstein, yeah, yeah. The guy who looks like a hippie. Yeah. And anyway, they've pretty much been like, dude, just keep doing what you're doing. You guys are successful. Yeah. Just do it. And yeah. they have the freedom. That's why they made that shitty album with Lou Reed.
1: Yeah. You know. Do whatever
3: they want. Yeah. yeah fuck it. We're just gonna do this now. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> it didn't sell. Fuck it. But oh, they well. can. They have yeah. fuck you money. They can do whatever they yeah, want. Exactly. They're not sellouts. They're no. they're, they're beyond. They, they got Oprah money. Yeah. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. do. And they do. Have yes.
1: you been listening to their podcast that they put out, the no. Metallica podcast? No. Uh, I, I've been listening to it, and uh, the one that just came out today, I think it was episode eight or nine, I can't remember now, but they they get basically like the band members, but they have like journalists, people that have yeah. worked with them over the years, and they give like little snippets of interviews, and I can't remember the guy's name, but I think he was like a record executive or or something like that. And he was saying, like his little snippet was, Metallica is the kind of music that you listen to and then you never stop listening to it. Yeah. You're just always going to listen to it. Right. It's not like one of those bands that has songs that kind of come and go. Yeah. And you, you know, oh, maybe I'll go back to them in a couple of years or whatever. You go through Metallica, you listen to them, you never stop.
3: Right. Yeah. And I
1: was like, fuck, that is so right on. Yeah. Because that's a band that no matter what, ever since I started listening to them, i consistently listened to that. I stuck with them the whole time. I have to say,
2: I was a little worried when Death Magnetic came out because I was like, okay, how's it going to be? Is it it going to... Because of Anger, right? Yeah, and I feel like every album... Justifiable. (laughs) Yeah. But like every album, it's like, is it going to live up to your hopes of what you want from that band? And I remember hearing All Nightmare Long and I was like...
3: Oh, that song is fucking great.
2: I fucking love that song. (laughs) And I remember, so we would go to the gym, and I've talked about it before, being on the treadmill. I fucking hate running. Like, I do not (laughs) run. Jason Voorhees could be chasing me in the woods. I'll be like, fuck it, I'm just gonna fight. I'm gonna climb a tree, because I don't run. And I was trying to find ways to motivate myself to run on the treadmill. That'll do it. (laughs) All nightmare long on repeat, like for as long, and that's a long fucking song, and I remember at first, I couldn't even fuck. I was like dying before I get to the end of the song. And I'm like, I gotta make it through the fucking song. You can do this. You can do this. You can get to the end of the song. And I was like, that was my goal. To stay on the treadmill fucking pounding at it until the end of the song. And then it was like, okay, I'm here now. Now, how much for, like, can I do it twice? Can I double the time? And, you know, I I use that song as like motivation for me. It's a good one. Yeah.
3: I had high hope for um, Death Alex United, is like, you're
2: fucking pathetic.
3: They brought in um, Rick Rubin as the that. producer.
1: Yeah, that was kind of like, I, I was, I didn't know what to think of that when I heard that it was happening. Because they knew St. Anger was not great. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know,
3: Bob Rock was getting a little too probably complacent, like just saying, okay, yeah. they needed some." because you know what Rubin did when he first, like the first day? He's just like, all right. I want you to listen to some albums, give you some ideas and inspiration. And he handed them their first four <laughs> albums, <laughs> chill them all the justice. He's like, this band was really fucking good, so do that.
1: <laughs> that's fucking
3: great. They're like, okay, <laughs> that's that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> and look what came out. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's wow. That's funny. That's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I I, I always wondered about like what the fuck were they thinking. With St. anger, like Well the, the band was in turmoil. Yeah. It, so it, uh, yeah. it obviously reflected in the music. And, and they
2: even said they decided to go in instead of writing their songs and then coming to the studio. Yeah. They decided we're going to just do Jam. this together. Yeah. We're gonna write together. Yeah.
3: Meanwhile the Hetfield Ulrich writing that that worked. Yeah. <laughs> so just mm-hmm. you gotta figure out that this works. Just do it. Just stick with it, yeah. 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 <laughs> I I respect him for trying different shit. Yeah. But.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Absolutely. You have to experiment, you know, try it out.
3: Hetfield has a, uh, this is like a great quote, maybe a good quote to end on, but he has this great quote, and I've, I remember I heard this when I was like a teenager, and it stuck with me ever since, but he has this quote when it comes to just life and music, it's just like, live to win, dare to fail. And I'm like, f-
1: that's, fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> that's, fuck I, yeah. That's the Hetfield way. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Live to win, dare to fail. <laughs> I love it. hmm that's that's the way to be. Yeah, <laughs> fucking a. So on that note, I guess uh, we'll we'll uh, yeah. Yeah, let's thank, just, you, let's just yeah. Sean, thank you, Sean. This was a good time. Yeah, Sean. I
3: don't you, man. think you're gonna top us. that.
1: No. No. Go uh, listen to some Metallica, you pussies. Yes. Go listen Metallica. Yes. Start at Kill 'Em All.
0: And
2: just and then just, just work your just way, just way work up. your from way there. through. Blast
1: your face off because there's nothing <laughs> bad. It's all good. Mm-hmm.
0: So fucking what.